0: Welcome to the Vital Don podcast for Tuesday, March 23rd. The US equity futures are all off about the same percent of all off or down um, about 35 basis points. So the Dow's off about 111 points, that's about 35 basis points. SP is off about 14 points, that's about 35 basis points. And is down about 41 points, that's also about 30 to 35 basis points. You are seeing an ongoing rally in Treasury. So yields are down five to 30 year yields are down about three and a half to five and a half basis points. That is not translating, at least so far, into um, a dramatic outperformance in growth stocks versus cyclical value like you saw on Monday. But you are seeing treasuries extend their gains. The major European indices are trading off about 25 to 30 basis points overall. You are seeing underperformance in a lot of the big cyclical value groups in Europe. So autos, basic resources, banks and energy are all trading lower. You're seeing outperformance in some of the traditional safer haven groups like utilities, real estate, staples. Those areas are doing well. Travel leisure stocks are getting hit very hard in Europe once again for the second straight day. So a lot of your airlines, cruise ship stocks, your travel bookings companies again are for sale. Um, you know, I think what you're seeing in the last couple of days um, is clearly a reversal of some of the big Q1 trends. Um, you know, how much of this is just um, some unwind rebalancing into the end of the quarter versus how much is a genuine reflection of, um, you know, a change in in underlying fundamentals. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's more just an unwind rebalance than a dramatic shift in fundamentals, but there are certainly both forces at work. Um, So just going quickly through, um, and then just quickly Asia was down across the board with the exception of India. So just looking at some of the news flow for this morning, I would say probably the big incremental development concerns Biden's Build Back Better plan. So remember, this is his infrastructure plus tax hike proposal. Um, He's been talking about it since before the election. This was a big piece of his campaign. Um, The White House has been talking about it since he entered, uh, since he assumed the presidency. So it's not really too surprising. You did see a ton of detail emerge in the last 12 hours. So the New York Times was the first to put out an article midday on Monday. That article was since um, subsequently confirmed in nearly every other major publication. So clearly, there is um, you know momentum building in the White House to present this proposal to Biden, and then start um, start work on the legislative process. It looks like they're going to split it into two pieces. So there's going to be physical infrastructure first, which is you know your traditional infrastructure spending, um, you know roads, build, uh, bridges, etc. And then the second piece will be human infrastructure, which concerns a lot of um, you know childcare, uh, education, credits, etc. The numbers um, are uh, relatively consistent again with what's been talked about for the last several months. So three to f- three to four trillion spread out over ten years, um, and then a lot of it offset by tax hikes to pay for it. And then there's also going to be, um, you know, according to the blueprint, some offsets uh, on pharmaceutical costs. So that will be another area that they're going to target to generate some um, savings to help pay for the rest of the bill. You know, I think the market is still relatively skeptical about this initiative being passed anywhere near um, in, in terms of size and scope as to what the White House envisions. It's just way too complex, way too controversial, um, which is why markets aren't necessarily too concerned about tax hikes. And they're also not necessarily celebrating um, a possible major infrastructure deal. So let's we'll have to see how all this unfolds. Democrats have one more opportunity in this calendar year to use reconciliation to pass something. So if you're going to split this infrastructure, into two pieces. Um, presumably, that means you're only going to do about half of it this year if you're going to rely on, it, on reconciliation, which looks likely. Um, so we'll just have to see how all that plays out. You have Powell and Yellen testifying today and tomorrow. The Powell piece of that testimony should be very uneventful. Powell's prepared remarks came out last night, very consistent with his recent FOMC press conference. There shouldn't be any shift in the monetary message um, from Powell. The Yellen piece of the testimony could be a bit more interesting, given that obviously she's going to play a big role. In in formulating and then selling this Build Back Better proposal, so any commentary she'll make around, um, you know, around spending, the sequencing of how Build Back Better will be rolled out, the um, you know, how she's thinking about the um, you know, the necessity of offsetting everything with increased taxes, et cetera. Um, and then Powell has his, I'm sorry, Biden has his press conference, the first one of his presidency on Thursday. He will likely get asked a lot about this Build Back Better proposal. So there's going to be a lot more focus around it over the coming days. But again. Um, until you see some type of um, real shift in in Washington, um, you know I think markets for now are appropriately skeptical about this getting passed. On the COVID front, you know you definitely have seen a little bit sh- uh, a mild deterioration in the tenor of U.S. news. So the transmission uh, transmission numbers have kind of stopped collapsing; they're they're plateauing, and then they are rising in certain pockets of the country. Um, you know, there's been some uh, you know, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which was kind of supposed to really start to ship in bulk by the end of this month. That's probably gonna be delayed a couple of weeks. Um, you know, again, I so while the while the news is deteriorating mildly, I still think that the US remains on track to achieve herd immunity by the beginning of May. So I think again, the US outlook for COVID is still relatively bullish. Um, you know, in Europe, it's it's definitely very different. You're seeing transmission stay very elevated. The vaccination process has been completely bungled um, in terms of both rollout and production. And they also kind of bet everything for the initial stages of their inoculation process on AstraZeneca that, that has proven to not be um, the right decision just given the enormous amount of scrutiny that vaccine has come under that is um, you know causing a lot of people to kind of put off until you see other types of products hit the European market. So Europe is about two to three months behind where the US is where the US is right now, um, which obviously is going to weigh on European growth um, over the at least for the next couple of months. So those are all the kind of the major macro themes and trends. Um, A lot of different micro headlines. None of them are really kind of important enough to shift the overall tape, but there are definitely a lot of interesting headlines to keep an eye out. So I have all those linked in the piece today. Um, Just looking out on the calendar. So you're going to have that Powell Yellen testimony that starts at noon. You have a two-year treasury auction. The results will hit at one o'clock. And you have uh, a couple of earnings after the close. Adobe and GameStop are going to be the most important. And then Intel CEO will be giving his first update. This is the first time he'll be speaking to investors since he assumed control of a company. Um, that webcast is due at five o'clock. I have a preview of the Intel event, the Adobe um, earnings. Um, I put those out on Sunday. Um, I'm sorry, I put those out on Saturday. So they're up on the website. Take a look uh, for more on that. And that is essentially everything for today. Uh, thank you for listening.